Praise God for, for the missionary states out and abroad. We need them just as much as they need us. The people, the lost souls, they need them. Missionaries are very dear, dear to my heart. You guys know this, so amen to them. Uh, first off, before I start, I know last time I almost forgot to mention my title. My title is The Fire. Um, but first off, thank you for being here th- this evening. To start, um, I want to share something with you that I saw recently online. And uh, it kind of pricked my heart a little bit. It kind of sparked something that I was kind of shocked to see, but not kind of shocked as we go in, into, our, into our years. Um, but long story short, I saw something online where this person commented and said, Hey, are you going to be at church tomorrow? Sunday morning service, park my stutter. Sunday morning service, will you be there? And that person just simply said, no, I've got stuff to do around the house. I've been busy all week. And man, that, that, that got me. You, you guys know my, my family is very faithful to church. We come here every single service. Every single time the doors are open, we are here. That's how it should be. But we've got too many people they're slowly walking out the door just as quick as they're coming in. They're slowly making up those excuses for that one time they missed, and they make it into a habit. So try to be mindful of that. When, when something's wrong, of course, by all means, it's okay to miss, miss church or service. And, you know, you know, if you're sick, take your time. But try not to make it into the habit where you're constantly missing church because you were just too busy that week, and you had to get things done around the house. But also, thank you for making God a priority this, this evening and being in church to listen to me. I'm not your pastor, but you're still here, and I, and I do appreciate that. I don't take that lightly. Right quick, before I get started, I want to give you two words and give you those definitions. The first is courage. According to the Webster Dictionary from 1828, the word courage, that is a form of bravery, a quality of mind which enables men and women to encounter dangers and difficulties with firmness or without fear or depression of spirits. And the second is faith. We throw that word around a lot. We misuse the context. I have faith in this person. That person's going to fail you. But can I tell you something? God, Jesus Christ himself, will never fail you. Because of that, we can have faith. We can have a firm, cordial belief in the, I might mispronounce this word, so I apologize. Firkas, Vera City of God, I can't say that word, but bear with me. And I'm going to be sharing with you a passage out of Daniel. We are all familiar with this passage. It comes out of Daniel chapter 3. You can find your place there. Daniel chapter 3, verses 14 through, at least through 25. And like I said earlier, I'm going I'm to title this message as The Fire. In this particular passage, we see a fiery furnace. There are three people, three men. I would, I would assume they were young men, but three men by the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three men. And these three men had the courage and the faith to jump into that fiery pit without hesitation. They went head on into the fire. Pun intended. Head on into that fire and did not question the authority that was before them, even if it was evil. They said, God, 
If you want me to go, I'll go. And we need more people like that. We need more people to step up to the pulpit and fill in that spot. We need more people to go out to the mission field and to share the gospel with the people, whether it's stateside or abroad. Amen, send missionaries to, to Japan, send missionaries to South Africa. But if you're not called to go, you can still send. And we have people to reach right here in Searcy, Arkansas, White County. So Daniel chapter 3, verses uh, 14 through at least 25 or so. Verse 14, that says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and duthamer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They were very careful in how they responded. They took time. They weren't quick and decisive with their answer. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of the hand, O king. But, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We need more people to step up, and when they are under the persecution, they need to stand faith, stand strong in their faith. And keep worshiping God. Don't fall down to the false gods and the false idols that this world has to offer. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. He was angry, full of fury. And the, and the form of his visage um, was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake it and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. He wanted it as hot as, as it could get. Whatever material you have, keep on throwing it. And he commanded the most mighty men that were, in the, that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the fire, burning fiery furnace. Then these three men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their, their hats, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished. He was astonished. He said, Whoa! And rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto, unto the king, True, O king. Verse 25. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God was present. He was there. There was a fourth body in the fiery furnace. I'll just Read, read verse 30 right quick also. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of the head singed, neither were the coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. That's the power of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god, the one true, powerful, mighty God. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let me pray right quick. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to have some time to fellowship together, Lord, to focus on you, Father. Father, I pray that you, um, you fill this room with your spirit. Uh, be with us. Be with me as, as I speak, Lord. I pray that you just allow me to speak um, to the people here, Lord. Speak through me and be with us as, as you see fit, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> so, like I said earlier, we see these th- three men. They have the courage and the faith to go ahead and jump in the fire. Like the pastor preached a couple of Sundays ago, Jesus was in the midst. Jesus was in the midst here. In verse 20, you see that they were tied up and they just allowed it. How many here, how many people are going to just allow someone to tie you up and throw you into a burning, fiery furnace when you more than likely know you're going to die? You're not. You're going to fight. Don't be silly. They knew God may or may not save them. They knew their lives were valuable in his eyes, but his divine plan is superior. My job is to go out there and work as hard as I can, serve as many people as I can, and make a paycheck and go home. I may not make it home. I may make it home. I have no clue. My brother goes through the same thing each and every day, just in a different career field, right? Each and every one of you, you walk out of your own homes. You have that same possibility. Yes, mine is greater, but we all have that same possibility and we take it for granted. There's a man by the name of William Penn. He once said, right is right even if everyone is against it. Wrong is wrong even if everyone is for it. And you may ask me, what are some examples of that? What is an example of doing right when, every, when, when everyone is against it? Living your life according to how the Bible instructs us. The Bible says one thing, but the world tells you another thing. The world is for living in the flesh, but we, 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 we as Christians, we as Gentiles... We as followers of Christ are to live in the Bible and try to live the most biblical life we can have, we can live. You and I fail each and every day. We all struggle with something. Another right is not killing babies. It's crazy to think that people get so upset 
that you want to see babies live. It's beyond me. It's beyond my brain. It's beyond my, my way of thinking how people get so upset because you want to see a little baby live in the womb and to become life once they are born. Another right when everyone else is against it are these corrupt, evil, disgusting groomers and pedophiles that are teaching five-year-olds what sex is and how to change their gender. We're seeing too many kids being taken advantage of these days, and the whole world is shoving it under the rug, sweeping sexual assault under the rug and misconduct cases, especially from within the church. As far as I know, to my knowledge, this church does not have that problem. But if and when it ever does, we will address it. Another right, when the whole world may see it as wrong or may be scared to admit it, is when you witness to other people. Most people are embarrassed or they're ashamed to witness to other people and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This right here is the good news. This saves lives. This saves souls. This is the word of God. Would you not want to share the good news and see those souls saved rather than ignoring the Holy Spirit and His calling on you to witness to them? If so, you will be... I'll say, I'll make this very clear. If so, if you have that calling to witness to somebody and you skip it, you miss out on it, you walk away, and the Holy Spirit laid it upon your heart for whatever reason to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in that moment, and you skip it, and they die and they never know Jesus Christ, that blood will be on your hands, and one day you will have to answer for that. One day you're going to be seeing that person, I'm sure, I could be wrong, but I'm sure that person is going to be screaming your name as they are being thrown into, the, into hell and into the lake of fire and saying, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me Jesus Christ? Why didn't you tell me who he was? And now they are in the fire. That person got sent to the fire because you couldn't take a few minutes of your time to tell them who Jesus Christ was. Someone took time out of their day to tell you who Jesus Christ was. And now you've got to answer for that. That blood is on your hands. Please, don't don't let that blood be on your hands. They're going to be shouting your name. And you're not going to have an, have an answer. You're not going to be justified to answer to God. A few wrongs. <clears throat> A few wrongs. Wrong is wrong even if everyone is for it. Drag shows. I think it's weird. I think it's disgusting to see a bunch of dudes dressed up as females, wear some mighty wigs and put on a bunch of makeup and walk up and down an aisle. I'm not for it. Progressive Christianity and watering down the gospel. We have preachers today. I put on my notes, preachers. We have preachers today telling you that it's okay to dress in modesty, to look disgusting, to have your part showing, to be inappropriate walking around in public. And we also have those same people telling you it's okay to love who you love. According to the Bible, that's not the case. 
Now, I will say that we are called to love that sinner and to show love to that sinner, to walk them through life, to help them through life, to guide them, to encourage them, and to be that light, be that Jesus that they may see because you might be the only Jesus they ever see. So don't ruin your chance. But we've got preachers and we've got the whole world, the whole fleshly nature of the world, telling you to love who you love. And another wrong when, it, when everyone else is for it. I'm sorry, another wrong when everyone is for it. Cursing. And I also don't say that lightly because I'm guilty of it. I'm not perfect. I'm not here to judge. I'm not your pastor. I'm just a normal guy, just a 26-year-old young man that is here to encourage you while you were in the fire and to help you out of that fire. I'm just as bad as you. You're just as bad as me. We all have problems. And as long as we are in the flesh, we're going to continue to have those problems. But because of God, because of the mighty blood of God, because of the mighty blood of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, one day, oh, by the grace of glory, one day I will have a new body. It will be not of this flesh. I won't sin anymore. Amen to that. In verse 17, we see these three men. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had the courage and the faith to just let it be. They said, you you know what? If it's God's will for, for him to save us, then he'll do it. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace... And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. And in verses eight, I'm sorry, in verse 18, we see these same three men say, But if not, if not, just know that we will never serve your gods. Amen. We will not bow down to you. We will not take what the world has to offer. And I will probably say a lot of people... A lot of the Christians in the church today, they would probably bow down to the world and what they have to offer if they were put into this position because of that fleshly nature. But can I tell you something? God said the the weapons are going to form. The weapons will form. They may form. And they may come at you hard. They may be some big weapons. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about battles, wars, all the mind games that, 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 that the devil plays on you and your heart. The heart is deceitful, but they will not prosper. You may lose the battle. You may lose the war, so-called it, right now. You may be going through an addiction problem. You may have something on your heart that is just tugging at you each and every day. And you may fall short of the glory of God today, but can I tell you something? Because of Him, the war is already complete. We already know what's going to happen. Keep your, keep your mind focused and keep going forward. Isaiah 54, 17, it says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Don't take those verses for granted. Take those verses literal. You may go through that fire, but the Lord is with you. He's with us on those mountaintops. 
when things are great, when you got that promotion, guys, when you finally got that girl, <clears throat> when you finally got something you wanted, when you're high on that mountaintop, you feel like you are the boy, you are the girl, you've got it made. The Lord is there. The Lord got you there. He put you there for a reason. But can I, can I tell you something one more time? He's also with us in those deep valleys. I'm talking about those deep valleys when it's rough. It's so rough it feels like you have no way out, no reason to live. <clears throat> no reason to keep fighting. When you're in that valley, the Lord's still there. Amen to that. We, we, we ought to be praying always when the times are good. But we also need to be mindful of the God that pulls us out of those valleys. And we need to be mindful of what he did for us on that cross. <clears throat> the Lord, Lord is there and he's pulling for you. He's saying, don't give up. I still have time for you. Let me call you home. Don't bring yourself to me by suicide. Let him bring you home when he's ready, not because you let some sadness take your life, some valley take take your life. He can get you out of that valley. And can I say something that isn't popular? Some may may disagree with me, and it is what it is. But I believe suicide is selfish. It's damaging and it's heartbreaking. The person that takes their life, that, that unalives themselves that goes to that eternity destination before a lot of people are ready for them to go. They never get to see that pain and how much love was really there for them because they took their life. They were too much of a coward to keep their fight. And I don't say that lightly. Everyone struggles with something like that. Every family has someone that has committed suicide. And I don't take that lightly. But I do believe it's selfish and it is cowardly. The Lord is there. Let him help you out of that valley. Let him help you out of that fiery furnace. We see in verse 25, there were three that went in there. But when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he said... The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Victory comes when we realize that the Lord is always with us while we were in that fire. When we realize, hey, the Lord was there, we're solid. And I'm sure you've heard this song, Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough. If you need me, call me. No matter where you are, I'm here. And we may laugh at that because it's silly. But that's what the Lord tells us. Just call upon Him. It's a silly song. It's an old song. It's a good song, I'm sure. It's way before my time. But we can use that same song as a metaphor. And we can use that saying, Hey, the Lord is saying on those those mountaintops, praise me. On those valleys, praise me. Or in those valleys, praise me. Call on me. Give me your troubles. There may be some people here even this evening. You may look awesome. You may look good. You talk good. But outside these walls, you may be in that fire yourself. 
You may be in that fiery furnace yourself. Something is tearing you down day in and day out, and it's tearing you apart. And it's throwing you into that fire, and you feel no way out. You feel like you're bound, you're tied up. Can I admit something right quick to you? I am one of those people that I keep everything bottled up. My whole family knows it. I don't speak a lot about my emotions and stuff like that, and it's just always been my thing. And then eventually it kind of bothers me, and either I'll cry it out or I'll lash it out, and that's the sinful nature of my flesh. But don't let that valley get you to a point where you're ready to take your own life. Jesus is with you through it all like we see in this passage. Cast all your troubles onto him. 1 Peter 5, 7 it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. I'm thankful for a gracious God that cares for me, even when I may not care for him. When I turn my back on him, when I turn my eyes off of him, he still cares for me. He still loves me. He still wants me to be, come home to him. And in verses 24 and 25, we see the Son of God present, like I said earlier. This can be seen as a pre-incarnate of Jesus. Excuse me. Jesus was in the midst. Like I said earlier, the, the, um, the pastor's sermon. Jesus in the midst. Jesus was there in the past. He's, during, he's here during the present. And he's already there waiting for us in the future. He already knows what's going to happen in four days from now. Whether it's your time to go home, he already knows. Don't worry about tomorrow. You've got to focus on the present. You've got to focus on getting souls saved. Because the Lord is coming back soon. Amen to that. But for the world, hell is coming a whole lot quicker. And there is no way out. And in verses 26 through 30, we see Nebuchadnezzar, he had a change of heart. He realized how mighty the one and true God really is. He saw, hey, these people, I threw these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided they didn't want to worship my God, they didn't want to worship my statue, I'm going to throw them three into the fiery furnace. And he saw the Son of God in that fiery furnace. As I said earlier, you may be the only Christ-like figure someone sees. Take advantage of that. Take that time wisely. Use that time wisely and possibly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in that time. And to begin my closing points, one of the most merciful moments God can have on a person is when he knocks on the heart of that little old sinner, he stops them in their tracks, and he pricks their little heart and begins to change it. He begins to bring that conviction of those sins to mind and brings them to repentance and conversion to finally start following him and to put their faith in him. And to have that obedience for him. That is one of the most merciful moments God can have on a person. And you can help start that process. When you talk a filthy, ugly mouth, like I said, I'm guilty. 
the Lord knows I'm guilty. I have my moments, I do. But when you talk that filthy, that dirty little mouth of yours, when you use that dirty language, you're rubbing off on that person. You're showing them a sense of Satan, a sense of disgust. But when you talk something good, you talk about the Bible, you talk about the blood of Jesus Christ and His love for you and what He did on the cross, they may not accept it right now, and that's fine. But you start something. You, you, you get those gears rolling. It is because of His unfailing grace, His unfailing love, His sacrifice, His blood, His mercy, the pain that He felt on that cross that we shall have a spot in heaven with Him. Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. it says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Right there, can I tell you, before that, Satan, uh, I'm sorry, Satan, Jesus was tempted so much before Calvary and He never gave in, not once. How many times have you been, how many times have you given in when you were tempted? I'll tell you, I've, I've given in a hundred thousand times. But the great Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself, never gave in. He never sinned. But on that cross, let me tell you right quick before we close. On that cross is when He felt the sins. He felt the weight of our sins. He felt the weight of you and I, our sins on His shoulders. And because of that, He died. Because of that sin, because of that turmoil, because of all the dangers that we share across the globe, all the sins that we commit the fornication, the adultery, the cursing, the lying, the cheating, the drunkenness, the drug addictions, the murders, the killing of the babies, the living in an abomination. Because of those sins, Jesus finally felt that on his shoulders. Up until that point, he had been tried, he had been tempted, but up until that point, he had never actually felt that. But on that cross, he finally felt that, and he said, Oh, my God, my God, why has this forsaken me? This hurts. I'm in pain. I am screeching. But it is, at the same time, it is because of him. It is because of what he did on that cross. Because he said, Nail me to this cross. I'm going to take your sins away. It's because of him. If we call upon him, we shall be saved. The Bible says we shall be saved. Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen to that. Amen to the Word of God. Amen to the Son of God. And amen for His blood and His mercy on my soul. God does not send people to hell. You hear that argument a lot. Why Why would I want to follow your God when all he does is wreak havoc in my life, he got me demoted. I lost my salary. I lost my house. I had to file for bankruptcy. My wife left me. Why would I want to follow your God? He's just going to send me to hell anyway. <clears throat> Again, God does not send people to hell. We are already headed that way due to our sinful natures because of our flesh that occurred in the Garden of Eden. Now, yes, God did know it was going to happen. God has a purpose, though. He's got a reason for things. And someday, sometimes we may not know what that reason is, but He's going to finally answer it.
He's going to finally answer all of our questions. But because of that, we have free will to accept him or reject him. God does not send people to hell. We're already headed that way. But because of him, we have a way out. We have a different outcome. And it's up to you to accept it or to reject it. It truly is. If, you, if you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'll break it down to a simple term. The Lord died on the cross. He took your sins away from you, and he, and he, and he got nailed to the cross. He died, was, was dead for three days, and he rose again in three days. Later on, he ascended into heaven. The gospel of Jesus Christ, you've got to accept that you are a sinner. You've got to acknowledge that you are a sinner and that he died for you. He died for all of us. You've got to believe in him. Believe that he is the only savior. Confess those sins to him. Accept him. Accept what he did for you and call upon his name. We don't have to work for it. I believe in it. Once saved, always saved. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I do not have to work for my salvation because I would be in a constant workload. I would have a constant workload on my shoulders. But because of him, he can save us and we can have everlasting life in heaven. Because like I said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's quite easy, but people just don't want to accept it. And I think the reason is because they are in that valley, they are in that fiery furnace, they are in that fire, and they have no way out. They feel like they have no way out until someone like you walks out that door and shows them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until you walk out that door and you are the light, that's when you spark that interest and say, hey, there, there is a God. There is a mountaintop. This is just a valley. All I've got to do is push on that gas and I'm out. That is the fire that the Lord laid on my heart. And because of him, we shall be saved if we call upon him. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you again for being with us tonight, Lord. Thank you for giving us this chance to fellowship, giving us the chance to, to listen to some preaching, Father. Whether it was good or bad, that is not up to me, Lord. That is up to you. But Lord, I want to give, to give the people here some time to, to, if they need to, come to the altar, Lord, if you need to, to just go ahead and sit in your seat and call out to you, Lord, cry out to Lord, you, Lord, to get them out of that fire, Lord, to get them out of that valley. Father, I pray that we take advantage of that. Father, I pray that you help us do good in our lives and we continue to chase you. Help us choose you each and every day over this world. 